Uh, Shaman King anime, and then uh, I know everyone's going crazy for Squid Games. I, I may as well give it a try. I saw part of the first episode. It's all right. I've heard good things, but yeah, I haven't bothered to, to dig into it yet. I'm still two apps behind on Doom Patrol, so... Same. Uh, I'm so behind, so... Yeah, I've, uh... I'm, gonna, I'm just hitting record, just in case we have comics, because we're already having comics talk, so... <laughs> Yes, everyone knows. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I watched the first episode of Doom Patrol. Uh, I really fucking dug it. Daniel, you were very right. Where It is weird where, like, the first half of the first episode is 100% just, hey, here's the finale we couldn't fit into the last quote-unquote season. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. It, it definitely has all that setup going on. It's pretty good, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then 2 is great. Episode 2 was phenomenal. And then I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens from there. Oh, 3 is fantastic. That's what I've heard. I've heard really good things, and then, uh, yeah, I just, man, Doom Patrol is seriously one of the best shows on television. Oh, yeah. It's the only good superhero show right now, so. <laughs> Dude, that, ooh, you throwing, in this era, you throwing some shade at that. People going to be mad. some haymakers right there, man, yeah. You know, I, 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 will, I will not take this The Boys uh, discrimination lightly. I don't care about Garth, so I don't care about The Boys. I will say, and you, you are you are salty tonight. Man. <laughs> I'm just chilling, bud. Dude, goddamn! Now the preacher friend, all the preacher fans, are gonna hate us. Derek's never gonna record with us again. <laughs> uh, in Look, fairness, uh, English Scottishman are reading Nameless. Okay. <laughs> uh, I will say Nameless is fantastic. Oh, I need yeah. to reread it because man, it's dark as fuck, and that's not something you usually get from Morrison. Yeah. No, it is definitely the like of the. Well, see, it's funny because I was gonna say the recent era, but that's definitely now like a bygone era. We're in this new current era of like he's got like two or three, or they've got like two or three things coming out. But I won't lie, Proctor Valley Road just doesn't seem to make be like hitting with anybody right now. Shit! Oh shit! Oh no! Uh, yeah, my laptop fell. Oh! Oh no! We may have lost Derek live on air. Um, well, this is this is a new situation. I um, know. Normally, we have technical difficulties, not fucking. Derek's just gone, everybody. Um, yeah. This is the Avengers Endgame episode, actually. Apparently, um, this wow. Is what, this is the blip episode of our lives. That's um, right. Tune in five years from now to hear Derek hopefully say something. Uh, Dude, how annoying is that? All the podcasts that were recording during that whole snap that, you know. I mean, seriously, imagine the amount of one-night stands that are going on that just stopped halfway through. For, that's a good-ass point. One-nights. Dude, oh, so that's a Did good you imagine point. you're just having a good moment and then, like, it just, you just look up and you're like, wait, what? So that's a good point. Like, I wonder, because there were a lot of people, I can't, I know there are answers to the this where they're talking about people like airplanes and shit like that. What did happen to people who were like in the middle of fucking sex or shitting or some weird bodily activity? Do they come back just like full force throwing up, coming or shitting? Well, that'd be great if it was like on a random like park bench, you know? Like it was just. Dude, that's a good point. Like houses being built or destroyed or people being sent back like underground? Mm hmm. Are they just buried alive? Oh my god, did we lose people like that? That's a good. Dude, how tragic would that be? You learn loved ones are coming back, you but you've put an addition on the house and got rid of the foyer, and now your husband comes back and he's just like fucking cutting to at the midsection because he put a high rise on the porch. Exactly. 
dude. This is a, see, no one was talking about that. I like that Derek is still here in spirit. Like, I see, I see the little icon down there. Yeah, me too. It's deep way down the hole, you know. It really is. Like, you have to dig through the uh, bushes and slam through a couple of witches, but I can see him. Yeah, dude. He's, yeah, he's there. He's dragging a little bit, but he'll be here. Yeah. Here, uh, so yeah, I don't. Oh wait, what did it say? He said, "Hold on, he's I working think it I out." I saw a smoke signal. Actually, he's he's working on it um, <laughs> down there in the hole. Um, Let's see what? See what's uh, what's a? Okay, this is our podcast within a podcast. Welcome to Dangerous Human Secret episode. Yes. The secret Dangerous Humans episode. We all we all promised you guys that you didn't want to see. Dude, oh, that's, that's true. Yes, I have been. You seen anything weird recently? Or? Dude, honestly, so we should talk about it. We both, you actually brought up that fucking kayfabe started doing the shoot interviews again. And it, Dude, those shoot interviews have been so good. I is, watched all the, but there's some really good lineups this year. So I've learned, no offense if for some reason anyone out there from that world listens to this, I will say... Kayfabe, when it comes to their content, shoot interviews, weird Japanese manga, I've learned that's the only content they put out I care about, but I fucking love that content. It's Yeah, same. Yeah, that uh, fucking, yeah, you're going to rob, like, even even like the Jeff Darrow one that I wasn't, like, super excited for, got me hyped as fuck. Darrow's really cool, man. He's so, like... His artwork makes him seem like he's this edgy old man, but in reality, he's just a sweet old like uncle guy. I know who he wants to talk about westerns and like how violence is bad, and it's funny to me given his stuff. I know he reminds me so much of kind of like when you hear James O'Barr or uh, Tim Vigil <laughs> when they talk, where it's like they make these dark, brooding comics, and they kind of have a little hint of that, but they're mostly just like these very quiet, chill people. Yeah, I don't know. I met James Sobar. He always he, the little bit I met him. It did strike me he was a little off, but oh, yeah. understandable. Oh yeah. So. Well, that was like I feel like they all have a little bit of off. Because like, even like that shoot interview when they're talking about Sin City at the beginning, like how much he takes it personal of like Kevin and Sin City is him. It was like, I'm like, okay, okay, man, you got you got that. Or he's like, I was gonna play him in the movie, and I was like, I didn't want to say this, but like, dude, no offense. They're not going to cast a comic book artist to play a major lead in a movie ever. Yeah. Crazy stuff, though. Um, uh, Darren was cool. I was there on the Brian Bolin ones today a little bit. Um, yeah. Today, I mean, they, today they did Klaus Jansen, which is insane. That's pretty cool. Yeah. The, of course, the Quietly one. Yeah, Quietly gets one, which is like, all right. Well, uh, by the way, Quietly, why are you doing all these interviews? You ain't showing up to Dangerous Humans? You ain't showing up to Blah Blah Comics? What the fuck's up with that? Or, uh, I'm not enough Scottish for him. I have a slight Scott-Irish background, but not, not enough for uh, this man. Maybe so. not. Maybe that's the case. Maybe we need a little bit more of that in us to just uh, so, you know, um, friend of the show, Jude, was talking about making a uh, sitcom about working on a comic shop, a little mini film. Oh, nice. And he was uh, talking about getting someone to do Grant Morrison impressions. And I generally uh, volunteered myself if he write crazy dialogue that only Grant would say. <laughs> That's um, awesome. I didn't know what to see if I get you to be on and doing Frank Miller or something. Like, Dude, I, we could probably do that. Just be angry, angry American. I can do that. Yeah, I feel like that would work given your Texas roots. Um, I'll take it. I'll take it. Dude's a... Dude, that's like a, I'm trying to think who's like a. Am I missing someone? Like a big Texas comic writer or artist? I, I mean, I know we have like fucking uh, Alex Ross, but he also hates Lubbock. So, 
I don't know if we count that. I have Donnie Cates, but again, you know, I wouldn't put him on the legendary status. I need a legendary dude. Absolutely. I, I, there's got to be someone I'm missing. Oh, the Conan dude. The dude who made Conan. I found that. But I, again, I forgot his fucking name, so you know what? Back Robert, e, Robert E. Howard? Yeah, that sounds right. I'm going to say Was yeah. he Texan or something? I believe so. Oh, did not know that. Let me see. I may have talked about this on the podcast. Oh, let's see. I'm looking up for you. He was born in Texas, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I knew it. I just knew that because Robert Rodriguez really wanted to make a Conan movie because of that. Interesting. Yeah, we talked about this one time on my walks. You were talking yeah. about Oh, yeah. Conan. That was not a recorded con. <laughs> recorded it was one conversation. of our really good conversations we should have recorded. So It's true. That's fucking... That should be an episode. As Dan goes to work, and it's just a whole forty-five minute episode of us talking about stuff as I'm walking through traffic. Fuck um, yeah, there'll be a great episode. Uh, on top of that, I just realized why has Robert Rodriguez not made a fucking comic? Honestly, same with Tarantino. I mean, Tarantino at least had the Luke Cage script. Dude, for real, like I would. Why is that not a thing? Wachowski's fucking made comics. Why can't other people? Maybe he's not into you know. I would say that, but he did literally every fucking thing else possible. I mean, you're right, but, like, I don't know. I'm uh, looking through his Wikipedia for that weird little nugget of, like, unproduced projects, so. Well, dude, that's a dangerous, dangerous game with Rodriguez. He's kind of up there with, like, uh, Guillermo del Toro. I mean, he did have the rights to Mike Madman's art, Madman. So, yeah, mm-hmm. he looks like he likes comics, but, like, see, I forgot he had the Madman, um rights for one point I had Madman fucking Conan I think Barbarella was there for a while yeah Woman in Chains I just thought that's a yeah. show he was trying to start dude honestly he was doing like Bitch Planet or something I think oh dude not to mention the motherfucker is partially responsible for bringing this Lucha Underground one of the best wrestling promotions of the past decade up until the last I season for those matches that was pretty cool they were so. fucking dope as hell the last season sucked shit but the first few ah beautiful well, some uh, local indie productions on Tubi now. See, again, we were just talking off my... Tubi, I'm learning. It is the Wild West. They have so much shit on there, and it's the most random level of shit, too. I also kind of love that if you fall asleep with Tubi on, it almost is like this weird auto-shuffle thing where it will just play a movie after you finish a movie, but it's like not even necessarily connected to the movie you watched. Yeah. Like, I, I fell asleep watching uh, Marjo, that, like, I think it's like a 70s or 80s documentary about evangelicals. Woke up to fucking Daddy Daycare, fell asleep, woke up to fucking Mama's House, Father Like Son, or Big Mama. I didn't know I did that. I know, like, I always, like, cancel the stop the movie before it continues, so. Yeah, see, I, I didn't know it did it either, and it was hilarious, because it was, like, falling asleep, and I'm like, oh, learning about this fucking crazy evangelical shit. Wake up, Big Mama's on. There you go. The more you know, kids. Yeah, a little more you know. You know, find a new movie. All that's like fucking. I think what is it? yeah, Netflix and a few places where it's like they'll have the shuffle feature, and it's like, who the fuck is this for? Who's just like I'm gonna watch whatever it lands on. Yeah. Well, so anyone listening there, this is supposed to be our episode focused on X Men Inferno, but that's kind of gonna require Derek here. Uh, Currently, Derek's in his own Inferno. So he kind of is. We're kind of like, uh, I don't know, um, the powers at sin. Yeah, I, so uh, I'm trying to come up with some better name here. It's Woody for the 
topic at large, but it's not going to work out. <laughs> this, is, this is actually a good example of probably we'll talk about here in a minute. Or This is what Inferno, almost on a meta level, represents. So, you know, we started off in one place. Now we're taking, we're going off some other places. I don't know if it'll really matter when we get to the Inferno, to be honest. Totally. But yeah, no, you've been, we can talk, we can do this kind of, we can, we'll do same, like some just shameless self-promotion stuff here. Uh, you've been doing a lot of cool shit with the, in your backyard. I have. It's uh, been wild. I was in a newspaper. That was insane. That's right. Um, and then that boosted the following count, like insane. And like, there's a printed copy. So my parents have a printed copy. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Of my article. And of course my mom is like ecstatically like showing it off any chance she gets, which is adorable. Um, that's, that is, that is fucking awesome. And cause she's very much proud. I mean, she's just constantly asking if I'm going to start charging people so I make money off it. But like, you know, if you do it, you can, you do what you can until big ass bands start wanting to come through. Then you fucking charge. You fucking turnstile wants to do a show with you. You at least get 20 bucks in. Don't you fucking do that for free. I know. And a free t-shirt. You no, know, do it like, yeah, get a t-shirt, get a little mean girl. Wait, is Derek back? I'm back. That's the oh, end of the Dangerous whole, Human Secret over, episode. I'm sorry? Uh, uh, Dangerous Human Secret, that show we do sometimes. We yeah, yeah. Just did so. yeah, we, we did a secret, oh, a secret episode within an episode. Awesome. I'm sorry I missed it. No. Uh, yeah, my, uh, my laptop fell off of its perch and shut itself and then knocked over my soda on top of it. But thankfully, <laughs> there, was not enough, there, there was not enough soda in the soda to actually spill any on there. But when I opened it and got it open again and got it to start again, uh, it did this thing that it randomly does sometimes when uh, it just decided that it had no uh, Wi-Fi. It, like, it had no capabilities for Wi-Fi. So I had to restart it because that usually makes that go again. Yeah. It's old and it's been dropped many times. So. God, you had a true like Rube Goldberg machine made for yourself a disaster. Yes, yeah, it was not fun at all. Uh, well, you know what? We're all here. Before any more disasters happen, like they tend to do to us when we record, uh, let's let's fucking talk a little about Inferno, Jonathan Hickman's quote unquote finale question mark to his X Men run. It's certainly looking more and more that way. It's definitely a companion piece to. Um House Powers, oh, yeah. uh, for sure. In a way, I don't think anybody was really expecting it to be this this closely hewn. Yeah, no, I uh, we were just kind of mentioning that. So really quick, I, think, I guess we'll go around. What's just quick impressions? What do you guys think of it, Daniel? Your your name is uh, your D A to my D E. You go first. Oh, okay, cool, awesome. Wasn't sure where you're going, you know. It's like our names that similar or something. Dan, Derek, weird, right? Um, no, I think it's, I thought it was really good. Um, I read it twice because first time I read it, I was kind of tired. That's where my life is. Um, I read it again today, and it's very straightforward compared to the opening of this run, where you're like, "What's going on?" for 20 minutes. Um, I think it's uh, pretty solid. It definitely feels like some closure. Which I kind of enjoy having some closure with books. There are only one issue in, and I feel like it's just setting up all the chaos that's going to happen. Three more issues. I too uh, read it twice. I read it the second time before we started recording. Uh, I like it a lot. Um, it's it's very Hickmany. Uh, it does a lot of uh, repeated and expanded scenes the way he is so often known to do. I am I'm going to put down uh, five American dollars that we are going to revisit the scene between uh, Xavier and Sinister that happened in this issue. Uh, 
sometime later, probably issue three, but this time with dialogue. Um, and uh, yeah, I just uh, I, I I really really dug it uh it actually did make a lot more sense the second time around for me as well so it may not have just been you being tired dan or else i might have been tired as well the first time i read it i i feel i read read the second time and was like okay i have more of a grasp what's going on it didn't like blow my mind like oh i get it now but like right no just the yeah the 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 context or anything was like okay i see why this is important so absolutely i agree i yeah no i also, so this is a weird thing, probably from all of us. I, on one hand, I really, really liked it a lot. I am also surprised at how much of a direct sequel to Hawksbox it is, because, like all of us, I mean, you go after, what was Hawksbox two years ago now? Uh, I want to say so, yeah. It started, Hawksbox was before the pandemic, so. Yeah. Yeah. It started when I started doing the music scene, because it was oh, like yeah. one of the first things I was focused on. That's right, that's right. So, yeah, it's two years and. I've, that's what my thing, I, and we'll probably come back a lot. I, I was shocked because I legit, I mean, this could probably change, probably will change, but at the first issue, it's great in the sense of you can pick it up, and if you're at Hawksbox, you're pretty much good. Like, there's a couple of small little things here and there, but nothing that'll make you, like, completely, you know, concussed in confusion. You know, you say that, but also I feel like it was really cool how many disparate threads from uh, his X-Men run Hickman actually sewed in, like the uh, the Intelligent Apes from, I want to say, issue like five or six. That's uh, where they're horti- from. Horticulture uh, see. Uh, showing up again, stuff like that. It was like, it's, I, I feel like he's, much like what he did with his Fantastic Four stuff, he, you know, he, he threw what seemed like a bunch of random shit at the wall. And now he's he's drawing all the connections between the randomness in a way that I'm really liking. So see, this there's is also what, reference to the Bruce stuff. I think the Bruce yes. or there was. There, there, mm. I did pick that. that there, although again, it was just literally like one of those big text blocks of like they we tried to attack him with the brew and like oh here on this day we did that. That would have been an amazing random issue of X Men. I wish we'd gotten. Yeah, I, I would have liked that one, but uh. This is why you're here, Derek, because you're already pouring stuff out. I don't know if it's just the way me and Daniel read comics, if it's if we got some fucking ADD brains, if we got some weird shit. Probably all of the above, because I'll be honest. I'll see what mine is, but. <laughs> I uh, totally forgot that the apes were a thing to be, until you just said that. I read that just to be like, oh, there's some fucking ape characters in this now. Yeah, I just, that was from X Dugan's run, which I can't stand. So, <laughs> oh, whoops, I said a harsh time. <sighs> <laughs> See, that's a different that's a different one because I am very much in the middle I definitely don't hate it but I also don't love no, it they're not from Dugan's run they're from uh, early Island and Hickman's yeah I realize that now because I was really like is this a Dugan thing because I generally forgot already yeah bye uh, gotcha. so, this goes back to maybe what I've had the problem with Hickman's run where it's because each issue is so standalone-ish I also and there's been so many gaps of time between now and then I right. totally Which have forgotten entirely Hickman's fault no yeah no for you, had, sure. you had COVID, you had all sorts of stuff. I'm sure we've had some editorial weird shit. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, all that I forgot. I remember the old bitches with flowers. And yes. I remembered a couple other things. So that I did pick up on. But, uh, yeah, overall, I, really enjoyable. I, uh, so spoiler warning ahead of time. We've talked about our general impressions of it. Uh, so spoiler warning, all that stuff. I, so again, spoiler warning. I do like that they kind of went a different direction than I mean like so reading throughout reading the issue it's very clear where the ending's going to go however I like that the that ending is not where everyone thought Inferno was going to go at first it's 
true. And that's something that uh, Paul O'Brien pointed out in his uh, excellent, no pun intended, X-axis column on the subject is that, you know, this whole time the, the threat has been if they don't resurrect Destiny or Mystique is unable to resurrect Destiny, burn Krakoa to the ground. Well, we've had the resurrection. She is resurrected. So now the question, the question becomes – what happens now? It's it's not what we were at all what we were told to expect from this story. So uh, once again, I feel like Hickman has done one of those really excellent curveballs, um, and I was I was really happy with the uh, with the result. And like you said, even though it seemed like the issue was really building to that, it was like they they can't really. I mean, is that really what's happening? Are they really going to resurrect Destiny? Is that really? And then when it when the page plays finally hits, and the, the one thing is I was kind of surprised at how restrained he was because he didn't uh, give in to the urge or, you know, did not allow for that to be – her, her reveal to be a big splash page. It's a, it's a one-third panel that then pulls in on her uh, mysterious face yeah. and then pulls back to uh, Mystique's – uh, taunting line. So um, that, I feel like that's a very good use of restraint on his part as a creator. Yeah, I I like that artwork was great throughout. Uh, oh yeah, Valero Shitty is um, tremendous. Um, and again, one of the two artists who worked on Hawksbox, um, giving his uh, visual consistency that I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I again, yeah, overall, I really, I really liked it. So it didn't like blow me out of the water. It was a very solid read and a very good. And again, I so how I read it was I read it actually I read it first because I would I didn't want because this week I had a lot of my favorite books come out and I didn't want that to taint it in one way or another. Because uh, I, I didn't want to read like Robin and Spawn first and then fucking dive into that and go like God damn it there's no action there's no nothing. Uh, I didn't want to do that, and I knew that I, my brain does that. So I read it first, and I really liked it. But yeah, I I, I kind of wish there may have been like one because it's because this is supposed to at least build as like his ending. I kind of wish there may have been one other big moment in the book. However, besides that, I had like no issue with it. And I'm again the, the cliffhanger is a big enough one where I definitely want to grab issue two. Oh, I do have one thing. What's up? And Derek might be the answer better. I know we don't care about continuity things, but where this trial fit in with this? Uh, all I can assume is that um, trial takes place before. Okay. Even, though even though they're coming out concurrently, I feel like... Um, and we can probably talk a little bit about trial. I was too, too. about how that all connects. That was something that my brain was hurting trying to figure out. Um, yeah, I can... I'm guessing, and I'm not reading trial, but I'm guessing it's probably like that. Uh, what was the X Men Avengers, uh, the Fantastic Four with Reed's kid book that came out early oh, on? Uh, uh, X Four or Four X? Yeah, what a, like that. it was pretty good. What a, it was pretty good, but uh, how that yeah, was the, kind the of the Zarsky book, and then and then uh, Dan Slott had to be like, no, my toys, and ripped Franklin away from Hickman and. Hickman well, was one, surprisingly okay with it. Yeah, well, that one was weird, too, because that was the one, I remember when it was coming out, that's the only one that Hickman wasn't, like, listed as having any involvement in, and he had, like, his name wasn't in, like, the head of X family or whatever. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm wondering, I, I don't know about Trial, but I'm wondering if it's kind of the same thing, of if it's, like, quote-unquote in canon, but also Hickman's just like, uh, that's not my thing. Maybe. Um, 
I don't know, it just confuses me with them both coming out at the same time frame and ending at the same month. It's like, I would, I don't know, it seems weird, so. Well, I mean, do we want to go ahead and talk a little bit about trial number two? Let's that, fucking that might... do it. Do okay. it. So, so the, big, the big thing about trial number two is that somebody, um, maybe Hope, maybe Magneto, Magneto very clearly has a secret that he is trying to hide by confessing most likely falsely to the murder of Wanda Maximoff. Uh, she shows up at the end, clearly having been uh, resurrected using the resurrection protocols. Nobody's quite sure who did it, but uh, a, a lot of evidence points to probably hope. Uh, there's there's a lot of circumventing of the five or the five, like not strictly sticking to the um, – the the word of the pres- resurrection protocol is kind of floating around in a lot of continuity lately. Uh, I know you guys aren't reading it, but it's been a kind of a big thing in New Mutants uh, with um, Scout, i.e., Honey Badger, um, getting killed and resurrected despite her clone status, uh, and the five demanding clarification on that. Um, kind of something similar was brought up in Way of X slash Onslaught Resolution. Uh, revelation. So the idea of the cloning protocols being circumvented is happening in a lot of the books lately. It's very thematically tied together. So Wanda being resurrected and then also Destiny being resurrected over here in uh, Inferno number one um, is, is part of a larger pattern of the um, the resurrection protocols kind of destabilizing. Uh, the bigger point in Trial of Magneto is the X-Men desperately trying to hide the resurrection protocols from the Avengers who've shown up on the island uh, after uh, the Scarlet Witch's murder. And then, of course, you know you have the plot point in the Duke and X-Men series with uh, the... Uh, Oh, the the guy they beat to terraforming Mars, who's got ties to Orcus, giving Ben Urich the evidence of Cyclops's death and uh, oh, resurrection. Yeah, no. You know, I, I don't know. you talking about. Yeah, um, and then of course you know in Inferno number one, Orcus having like multiple Wolverine skeletons and being like, we keep killing them, they keep coming back, and they clearly have no real knowledge of having been here in the first place. So there's 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 a lot of the X-Men's enemies and also just outsiders kind of putting together something is, you know, something's up with this. Uh, the X-Men are trying to hide the resurrection protocols, but the protocols are also being circumvented. So that seems to all be coming to a head. So I think thematically, Trial of Magneto and Inferno are on very similar ground, but just continuity-wise, whatever's going on with Magneto, um, he clearly has not lost his counsel spot by the end of uh, Trial of, of Magneto. So I don't think it's actually going to end up playing all that big a deal on the character himself. I feel like Trial of Magneto is mostly going to be used to uh, reverse the um, whatever it was, uh, Uncanny Avengers Volume 2 decision to... Okay. To uh, reverse the mutation status of Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch. Uh, that's my that's my theory. That makes sense. Well, that makes a shit ton of sense because we, we've like theorized that, especially now with where all the rights lay and everything that that would mm-hmm. probably be happening. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, I it really, it really tracks as far as I can tell. 
I really don't know a ton, a ton of what. Uh, so Inferno says that's what's interesting. I feel like it's a big book, but I, that was, I won't lie. One of my sad things was so a little behind the curtain before Inferno came out. We agree, we, our big thing was oh, we're all going to talk about the group, and we're probably going to talk about other stuff because I don't know if there's a ton to actually talk about in Inferno. Yeah, one. sure. Yeah, agreed. Like. It's again, and I don't mean to sound bummer. It's a good book. I recommend uh, anyone to go, especially if you've read Hawkspox and you're fans of that. If you're fans of the Hickman Run, like either way, go pick it up. Uh, I was, yeah, I was just surprised at. I I don't know. I guess I expected there to be like one or because the way a lot of like pre high or pre reviews and stuff were coming out of hyping it made it sound really really big for even just a big issue. Yeah. So I was expecting like some almost like fucking you know uh, first issue of fifty two level of like what the fuck's going on, right? And instead we got like it, it's almost like what issue twelve or what is it issue eleven of Hawkspox? Yeah, it definitely feels like that. And uh, again, 13, technically they were they were both six issues. Were they both six? Yeah. Now here's here's. Here's a big Hickman point. How the fuck are you going to call everything 10 and they don't even add it to 10? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's the powers of 10, though. It was, you know, exponentially uh, covering Moyer's life through through exponential years. And um, then with House of 10? <laughs> I have no real answer for it. Um, it sounds cool. Duh. I also like the the mirroring of the first scene in Inferno and the the first scene of House of X with I uh, like that yeah. too. With the, the flash forward of uh, Emma very clearly bringing back Xavier and presumably Magneto in a in a similar situation to how uh, Cyclops and the and uh, the other X Men were brought back at the beginning of Hotspots. So um, I really I'm really looking forward to seeing what kills them. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, with, to, to put not so fine points on it, to have them resurrected. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. So, so the weird thing, I'm, I'm wondering where it goes because, like, right now, the thing that got me is 100% just so far, and again, we're one issue in. So far, almost feels like it could have taken the time slot of when Swords came out. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping they go, on one hand, I'm with Daniel, where I want, like, if it's going to be a conclusion, I kind of hope it's a conclusion to some degree. I, I really hope it doesn't end up being a come back to, to it go. later. And well, I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be the conclusion, the the conclusion. Yeah, I don't because again, a lot of the writers aren't done playing in the Krakoa you know sandbox yet. But I do think it's going to be more of more of a uh, Hickman finale than I initially was considering it to yeah. be because he he definitely you know the initial the initial. What I initially thought when I read all the, the what people were talking about it was Hickman is basically stepping away and would eventually be back, and that no longer seems to be the case. Um, the the writers who are working on the X titles currently uh, will continue to play the Hickman era for a while, and then I assume they will figure out some way to wrap this up. This is Hickman wrapping up his story, so it's, it's going to be a finale, but, but it's not the finale. Yeah. Well, and what I, so what I'm also worried about, knowing how Hickman did his FF stuff, I just don't want to have in five years some like him write some big event and it be revealed this is the true finale. Yeah. Which it's Hickman that could totally happen. 
And oh, for sure. Yeah. No, his uh, the the uh, Secret Wars um, was not just the finale of his FF and Avengers. It was also the finale of his Ultimus run. Yeah. I mean that that was a build up that he'd been working towards for almost a decade. Yeah. Which again, it's also fucking awesome to have that kind of long term storytelling and. I'm excited for I, we may not sound I know we're all very tired. But uh we are all very excited for it. Uh yeah, I'm excited uh, also I'm excited for we'll talk about it briefly because I know me and Daniel haven't seen it. But uh we can talk a little bit news and movie wise that uh Venom out here, Venom two, breaking all kinds of records. I gotta say, uh I really loved it. It's it's dumb, it's trashy, it's it's you know, not great. But I had a tremendous time. I had a lot of fun watching it. I had a blast. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to, into any spoilers. Uh, you guys need to watch it, and then we'll come back and do a proper review. But uh, as someone who, you know, barely enjoyed the first one and, and uh, had few, a few kind things to say about it, I had an absolute blast with uh, with Let There Be Carnage. Okay. I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. I know, uh, yeah, once more. I know, well, I, we won't spoil because we, that movie's already had a ton of spoilers come out about it, so we'll leave it. I'm, I am, I mostly want to say because it was, uh, what was it, it had some big record today. I think it's, I think it's now the biggest uh, opening for the uh, COVID era. Nice. Which, uh, kind of like the first movie, it's crazy, yeah, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, Snare's highest box office opening of the pandemic era with 90 million first weekend. Wow! Fuck you, Sean. I, 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 I saw it in a full, uh, uh, very full theater, so um, that kind of makes sense. I, I, I will also say I've already bought my No Time to Die tickets. I'm very, very excited for No Time to Die. Dude, yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for No Time to Die. I uh, I don't know, Daniel. Now has Daniel disappeared? Oh no! What is how, now? What's going on here? Hold on! Oh, this is this is terrible. Now it's a secret blah blah episode. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, add him to the call. I'll see what happened there. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, I told you it was inevitable that after we talk about Inferno, the universe just fucking kicked Daniel off the call. That's fine. That's right. I deserve it. I said enough nasty things about franchise people like so. <laughs> That's what happened. I felt about the current state of superhero media, and they're like, "Yeah, fuck you, man." No, I'm a. I will say, that's one thing I am excited for the whole like what whatever the fuck Sony's doing. I like they've become this weird wild card uh, for the like big mainstream superhero stuff, where like they're doing whatever the fuck they want. What are we talking about right now? Uh, Talking a little about uh, talking a little bit about Venom. uh, Sweet, cool. Uh, again, somehow became a 90 million opening weekend, the biggest box office pandemic, and I kind of love that just because it's such a weird. Thing. Like I, so as you know, the one Marvel here, Marvel superhero shit drama. I don't know why, but I fucking love the all the fucking T for is a Spider Man situation with the MCU because everyone in the fucking world is like, ah, oh, there's no chance Sony just brings him back and doesn't let Marvel have Spidey. It's like. Dude, clearly, Sony doesn't give a fucking shit, and somehow is a one company now making movies that make more money than the MCU, which is, I don't know how they're doing it, because they're somehow doing it without the critical praise, and even and I kind of love that even more. 
They're just like, fuck it. We're gonna, you you want to make your universe? We just want to make spider movies where Eddie Brock can make fart jokes. And we're going to make a billion dollars doing it. Look, 90 million is not quite a billion, sir. Uh, the first one, sir, Venom 1, made a billion. Uh, don't trust Cold Beauty for your accountant as any situation arises. Um, do not count as your manager for any wrestling promotions. You uh, can't please do. Either, right? What the fuck are you talking so about? You drums and people, but not, not booking numbers. So. Not booking numbers, goddamn you guys. So fucking Venom one made so it's right there made eight, Venom one eight hundred fifty six one million box point one million box office Venom two beating every other opening so far for the pandemic era what the fuck you guys talking about just saying just nine, I mean, 90, million, nine, 90 million is not a billion well and, uh, we're also and, uh, the, the, the Eternals is totally coming out man. Now hold on a minute. Who's high here? When you're talking about is the Eternals going to outrank Venom? Fuck no, Eternal, dude. Eternals. That I don't. That's the that I mean. That's the one. I don't know who that movie's for. For Derek. Derek I'll tell you, the uh, the entire audience uh, for the Eternals trailer in front of Venom got super hype. How the hell? That's like fucking Didn't you going. Yeah, I know. I did not. When, when, when Icarus broke uh, uh, Faceless's table, the whole audience laughed. They were they were they were right there for it. Um, I'm telling you, uh, the the normies the normies are going to show up for Eternals because they're just going to be like, it's a Marvel movie. I'm going to see it. I don't know. It's by, again, Spider Man. I can believe No Way Home or whatever the new one's called. It's Pizza no Time. Home. Uh, yeah, that don't that don't that don't make money. Eternal, I just don't know. We're, but also a billion. Uh, let's be fair. I don't know. We're probably done with any movie making billion dollars. I think. I think No Way Home's got an, uh, got plenty of hype. I think No Way Home is gonna surprise some people. I think it'll surprise, Colby. but I don't. It's not. I don't. It won't make a fucking billion dollars. Just, just give me my Shane Black Hawkeye already, right? Yeah, it's coming. That's coming. Dude, so I that that's exciting. So that one was weird. That that trailer got like more mixed reaction than I thought. As someone who has not, oh, really? yeah, wow. as, as someone who's not been into any of the MCU shows at least, I was really shocked. That's the first trailer that's got me like, man, I'll fucking watch this and enjoy the fuck out of this. Uh, we'll see. It got it wasn't like it's horrible. Just you and I that care. Maybe I, again, we've talked about it. it. Seems like most of the our shit that we like either ends up. Being hated one way or the other by some weird one. Uh, I'm going to make a call real quick. No problem, no problem, no problem. I really like the Hawkeye trailer. What are you guys talking about? I liked it. We we liked it a ton. Uh, Not much. Got a question. Daniel's over here just talking. I'm going to have to find a way to mute him really quickly. He's just sharing that business there. Man, this is going to be the weirdest show ever. This one really is. I don't know. I'm going to go ahead mute him real quick sorry Daniel uh <laughs> it's gonna be a weird a weird weird show yeah the, so that is a good question I don't know cause I think No Time I May do well but just knowing on the current track record of movies I don't well, what's the, I'm trying to think what's the movie that's come the closest to me what's the highest grossing period cause I don't know what Shang-Chi's like topping out at yeah I was uh say Fast 9, but Fast 9 did surprisingly poorly. Yeah. Mostly because it's not good. 
That's a big problem. Yeah, because like Shang Chi's at three hundred eighty-six million. Yeah. Which again, it's one of those weird things. Like, good for the, good for pandemic era, but we've yet to have a movie that was just like good for any era. Yeah. And we're still also in that weird thing of who knows. I, just, I feel like I feel like No Way Home coming out during uh, uh, the Christmas season. Um, Big Spider-Man movie, lots of uh, people. People are going to be coming in to see those cameos and see what the multiverse is doing. Um, so, funny story. Are you are you reading um, uh, Infinite Frontier at all? Uh, I have not finished or anything. I'm way behind on it. Okay. Well, the uh, the first issue of Infinite Frontier hit DC uh, Universe Infinite last week yeah. which is kind of funny because I don't think it's ready I don't. I didn't think it's already been six months uh-huh. but there's a there's a line from uh, Chase what's your name the, the bounty hunter works for Mr. Bones kind of a popular character that pops up on and off had a J.H. Williams the third oh uh, drawn series for a while I know what you're talking about I have I do not know off the top of my head yeah they have there's a couple panel discussion between them in a cafe written by joshua williamson it's a bone says now people are worried about a multiverse the people shouldn't even know a multiverse exists and chase replies that's a genie you can't put back in the bottle bones the multiverse is mainstream now and i feel like that was a a very um meta line because between what they did with um, the CW shows with Crisis on Infinite Earths and now uh, where it looks to be going with Spider-Man No Way Home, the concept of the multiverse is something that's really become, you know, like I said, the normies are, are understanding and processing the idea of a multiverse. And that's uh, really very interesting to me. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm curious. There's a lot of that kind of stuff I'm curious in. Well, I, really quick while Daniel's here, because I know he cares about he cares about spoilers, or what? Since he's not here right now, uh, I'm very fucking curious talking about that. How No Way Home's going to be like dealing multiverse wise? How that's going to be uh, revealed with all the Venom stuff? So you know what happens in uh, Venom? Everybody knows what happens in Venom. Okay, I, I got I got to see it without being spoiled. So oh I'm yeah, that. you are yeah no I, I won't lie. That's right. not Friday night so forget because it got leaked. I want to say two weeks ago about the after credit scene. It was like it was a while ago. Really? Yeah. I, I heard nothing about that. I'm really glad. Oh fuck yeah! No, you got lucky. Yeah, no, it uh that got revealed, and it goes back to what we talked about before, where everyone like makes these big assumptions, and I stick by that. I'm a hundred percent convinced this fucking Sony's just going to basically do their own thing. Uh, honestly, uh, I know, again, I know you're not a fan, but Movie Bob kind of has the same idea. Yeah. Is that what, what's real? What what No Way Home means is that uh, Sony's taking the ball and going home. That's so essentially. I spe- I know MCU keeps on like it's this weird like I feel like Meta War almost where MCU keeps on attaching Spider Man to their heroes and I, my again, you know my theory. I've been theorized that was a way to make them feel to so that that brand was inseparable from their own brand. Yeah. And based off of Venom and all the Morbius rumors and what we've seen of Morbius and now Venom 2, like, I, I don't, from a business standpoint, I don't know what Sony, again, going back to Venom now, Shang-Chi was making all these records and in the first weekend, Venom coming back and blowing a lot out of the water. I'm, like, kind of shocked that Venom's doing that, but also, 
I can see from Sony's point of view being like, well, yeah, why the fuck, if we're making more money in a movie than they are, why do we need? We'll just make, we'll just right. make as many movies with Spider-Man characters, which clearly that's what right. they're fucking going for. Well, what, what the, the theory is, is that the twist on the, uh, what No Way Home's twist is going to be is that, yeah, Peter Parker is no longer going to be in the MCU. Yes, we're dragging all of the other villains into the MCU for this particular fight, but, you know, by the, by the ending of it is going to be that, um, there, there will no longer be a Peter Parker in the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe as we know it by the end of No Way Home. And Wait, that, is this a rumor or something? That's all. Yeah, no, sorry. To, total, total, uh, what, what, the, like, the, uh, the assumption and, and, uh, ideas of some people are, pe- people who think that, uh, again, Sony is going to take their ball and go home with Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Uh, gotcha. But, uh, that's yeah, our... No, nothing at all confirmed, just what, what, uh, what the rumor, like you say, what the rumor mill is, is talking about. Yeah, so we are, uh, that's our mini blah blah episode within this episode. Uh, yeah, no, we've got a ton, and now we have, uh, we also have Halloween Kills coming out soon, which I'm fucking stoked for. The new trailer for Halloween Kills got me super stoked. Yeah. I have not actually been very excited about this movie, but the, uh, the second trailer, and probably is the final trailer, they put it in front of, uh, Venom 2, and I yeah. was like, oh, oh, okay. This is a movie that I feel like I want to see. Dude, I, I'm, uh, I'm so fucking stoked for it. That's uh, I, I as mixed as I as mixed emotions as I am on the 2018 one now, I still like it a lot. But as mixed as I am, that I really, really fucking excited for it and see where it goes. And just from the early reviews and the loose idea of the story, I know I'm uh, I'm fucking stoked. I have not heard any early reviews except for one that was not positive. So, oh yeah, I will I, say it's getting a, so it's getting a lot of these reviews that are uh, I've talked we talked about it briefly. It's getting a lot of those reviews of oh well, it ends on a fucking cliffhanger. It's like it's also very much in the middle of a trilogy, right? That we all know. Well, I, that the, the review I heard was not just that being the negative. It was also somebody who was uh, not a fan of Halloween. 2018 okay. had read, read the scripts for both were not, was not happy with uh, the scripts not happy with the finished product like just not not picking up what the creators are laying down with the trilogy so fair enough I mean that's what they go for I don't know but I'm I'm as someone who is very I mean I love all horror movies I like most of the horror movie icons uh, but as someone who's very biased to Michael it's nice to see him kind of getting some time to shine again for sure. Although, I say that, I feel like I, he may have had the most opportunities to shine. I feel like fucking poor Jason over there. <laughs> that fucker's been waiting for years now. Yeah, man. The Platinum Dudes remake was actually really good, and then just didn't really have anything done with it. Yeah, I don't hate it. I do not hate that movie. I think of, out of all that, like, that era of the big horror icon remakes, it's, uh, it's probably my second Second, I was gonna say, it's, it's number two. It, for me, it's number two to um, Evil Dead. Oh, ooh, see, it might be number three. I forgot what Evil Dead. I do love the Evil Dead. What's your favorite? Dude, I fucking you know what you know what it is. I fucking. Love, I love the zombie Halloween one. Oh yeah, Good. biased. I'm very biased and very controversial. Take that's probably if I do if I'm honest with myself. In the Halloween movies, I most rewatch. That's in top three. Uh, that's and it's not even a bad film, but still. Uh, oh, dude, I'll, fucking, I'll eat it up, dude. We got that Monsters movie coming up too, which dude, fuckers, just building the house 
Which, really? Yeah, no, they they have just bought land, and they are fucking, the, on his Instagram, he's posting updates, like, every day. They have basically just built the house. It's almost done now. Wow. I did not know that. Which, hey, that's been his dream project forever, so you know what? Oh, speaking of weird dream and odd projects, Tim Vigil's movie, the Outlaw Comics artist, his movie came out to streaming and everything today. Uh, it's got, this, probably got a budget of like $20 and a hot dog. Uh, It's a vampire movie that uh, got pitched as a vampire loan movie, but in typical fashion, they only bought it because he let them put it in the Amityville universe, so it's like Amityville vampires or some shit like that. And from from every review I've read, it literally basically has nothing to do with Amityville, and they just randomly basically end up in the house at some point. And that was kind of the concession he made to be like, okay, you'll get your movie made, but it's an Amityville movie, so at some point you got to go in the house. I, I don't even know. Uh, my, my mind is not processing this. Yeah, on a... Here's what you'll love. You wanna, so, Derek, you've been in the movie, you've been in the movie several times in the past month. Uh, Daniel, have you been in the movies at all for the past few months? of people in like leather tops with like sl- slight pot bellies hanging out with a bunch of twinks. Or leather like I was wearing that one shooter. Yeah. So. That'd be, there you go. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with all of this. <laughs> I just want to let it be known. This is random. Uh, Robin remains to be the best fucking comic coming out. I don't give a shit what anyone says. Well, apparently since you're talking about it. So. It's fucking great. Well, Echo Land is great too. There's a lot of great comics coming out nowadays. There's- 
There's so much fun stuff. There really Maybe is. Maybe I should talk about Echo Lance because I haven't read it. It's fucking um, great. It's beautiful. It's it's a picture book for your coffee table that you read. It's awesome. Yeah. It's so Derek, you would like it the format it is the size of a comic, except it uh is flipped so the staples are on the top and it opens long ways. Okay. Uh, and it is definitely J.H. Williams kind of doing his, uh, what Capullo did on like last night on Earth, which is him doing like going bullshit drawing, and making a story where he can draw whatever the fuck he wants. Like, yeah, we got mobsters and time travelers and Little Red Riding Hood pirates. and plant diseases and monsters and pirates and this stuff. And we've got my my weird way I connect panels, but except every single page is like that. And I've got a three page interview in the back, and I've got like. A 58-song playlist that I put in the back that inspired me while writing it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty fucking dope. That sounds awesome. I, it is a... I, as someone who fucking adores J.H. Williams' art... Oh, it's great. There's uh, clapping all around yeah, for that's, us. That's pretty good. Uh, we'll show what else is out right now. Uh, Wonder Woman's uh, solid. What um... <laughs> Guy Man Nine's really great. I've heard really good things about that one. Uh, I like Murphy's Daredevil, which continues to be good, but I'm a little worried about the big giant Daredevil crossover Is that's that like uh, spinning out of that. Or something? I don't know if it's the finale or what, because he, he initially said that the, the series was ending in issue 36, and then it was, oh no, the series is ending so that this huge big event can happen, and it's going to be crazy, and crazy things are going to spin out of it. But I don't know if those crazy things are going to be Chip Zdarsky continues to write Daredevil. Plus, it's essentially, if it's it's basically Dark Reign, but with Kingpin instead of Norman Osborn. And I'm okay. not I'm not super down for that, you know? Kind of. I don't really read Dark Reign stuff. Uh, basically, it's, I you know, I've never read that. Yeah. I've never read that. Like, the whole Bendis chunk I just skipped when I really got into comics, so... I recently that was my my year project for myself was to reread the entire Bendis Avengers run from his Secret War to Age of Ultron, and uh, as of last week or two weeks ago, I finished Age of Ultron. So I have done it. I have read the entire Brian Michael Bendis Avengers run. Oh my god, it's fine. It. Yeah, I was gonna say I read, <laughs> I read two issues of Age of Ultron. I read that when it was coming out as a young lad. So. Yeah, we were working at Hastings when that was coming out, and it was... Yep. I, I, that, was, that was coming out, and Trendy War was coming out, which was cool up until the ending. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. When uh, the Adam changes sides for no visible obvious reason, yeah. and also completely changes uh, characterization, which does not match her previous in... Like interior monologue narration from a previous issue, um, and really feels like a uh, something that was either forced on Jeff Johns by an editor or a last minute change of heart for the character that does not in any way make any sense, and then also just leads directly into the next crossover. Um, yeah, that's for the evolution of the Trinity War. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember I was at the uh, my home shop one day. It was before I started like buying comics regularly. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna pick up Trendy War issue six. And the shop guy at the time was a hipsy, like an indie guy, and he's like, you don't have to. I'll tell you what, for free, I'll see the last page. And he's like, look at the last page. Yep, nonsense. All right, you're good. Anyway, you should buy this instead. And uh, I didn't walk out with Trendy Works. So it's still like, why? What was the point of this book? So. Uh, having said all those complaints that I just said, because I was able to get it pretty cheap, I did buy the Trinity War uh, <laughs> hardcover collection. 
Because I'm I'm a weird completionist when it comes to dumb shit like that. That's Hell yeah, dude! Speaking of some uh, dumb shit, but that I I'm also into. We haven't talked about uh, the fucking Russell. Well, Russell T. Davis coming back to who? Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. We haven't. What's going on? Which oh my god! Yeah. Um, on the one hand, I'm kind of honestly a little sad because it, it definitely feels like an admission of failure on the brand's part, not just for the previous showrunner, but also for uh, Jody Josie Harrington Whitaker. The, the, Whitaker, thank you. Which, uh, admittedly, again, I haven't actually watched any of her Who, but she definitely seemed like she was good for the part. And I don't know, Colby and I, you chatted, we've chatted yeah. about this a lot about how. The, the failure of the series is not necessarily on her shoulders, but no. bringing back Russell oh. T. Davies definitely feels like an admission of failure on the part of the brand. But on the other hand, holy shit, Russell T. Davies is yeah, coming back well, to Doctor Who, and that's really fantastic. And I was going to say, it's I think a lot of people spin it in a, I mean, it's, you can't spin it in a non-bad way, but I do think there's a way to spin it where it's like, it's I think it's failure in, of, admission of failure, but not in the way people are thinking. It's more so just that, hey, the popularity has dipped why not bring back the guy who brought it back originally for the new era and bring it right. to him in a big fashion? Because we've gotten, we have gotten a bit too like bouncing back and forth between too serious, too funny, and now we're in this weird area of too much trying to be the monster of the week, but also not doing good monsters of the week. So you're yeah, just the in tone limbo. is just atrocious. Yeah, so having someone that can come back and do some cool stuff. That hopefully is someone that will hopefully be able to kind of juggle. Well, I love Doctor to begin with, the being able to juggle comedy seriousness and the just weird sci-fi ideas without just focusing on. Because even I know as much as I love a lot of the Moffat stuff, so much of that did get bogged down in how serious it was. Mm-hmm. And I like that, but I also think you know, as uh, it's not necessarily true to what who was made to be. Right, no, I mean, at its heart, Doctor Who is a, chil- a children's program, honestly. It's, it's something that we, we really kind of forget and can, you know, can slip our minds, but it, it was meant to be educational. That's, that's why he is a doctor who can travel through time and space, because it was supposed to teach, you know, science and history. Um, so, yeah, the, the idea that maybe we can get back to some of the, the silliness and fun of the, the Davies era. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely down. Oh, also, uh, speaking of uh, random sci-fi stuff, me and Daniel were talking recently about the Brandon Graham profit run. Oh, yeah, because I'm rebuying the volumes right now. Nice. I only ever read, like, the first two or three issues, but uh, the first two or three issues are pretty spectacular. Yeah, I am rebuying the uh, volumes of the series because it's all collected. I never actually finished it because I think it was ending. You know, life happens. You kind of forget about stuff. So, yeah. I hear that. That's a series I forgot existed. Well, dude, so it's interesting because it made me do this weird dive because I had forgotten – we talked, again, me and Derek were working at Hastings around this time, so we saw a lot of it. And I had forgotten that weird era of image where they were bringing back so many of those, like, 90s, early 2000s teams yeah, and like characters. I was about to say, Joe Keating did glory, and, you know, honestly did, again, just a few issues that I read, a really pretty spectacular job. One of the used bookstores here in Lubbock has a nice oversized hardcover collection of the entire run. And, um, 
on more than one occasion, I had considered dropping the 20 or whatever dollars on it because it's a, it's a beautiful book, and mm-hmm. I really like Joe Keaton as a writer. Yeah, well, you also had, uh, like, Bloodstrike came back for a while. You had two different Supreme series that came back. Uh, don't don't uh, forget the, the you're, you're kind of burying the lead here. Michelle Fief brought back Bloodstrike. Yeah, I see that, too. Mm. Well, so here's the thing. Uh, he... What, what was the other one? There, there's another one too. Who's the, what's the other character with blood in his name? I know that, that's like uh, maybe a very open question for '90s image characters, but that came back around that time. I'm blanking on that one, dude. Yeah. I'm gonna have to look it up because it was. I know, I know Rob Liefeld's art blood just like blood strike, blood force, Deadpool. Yeah, hang on. Blood shiny and chrome. Dude, that's it. That's it. or was there? Oh wait a minute. Was there a blood strike before the Fife came back too? Blood the I don't know. Dude, I don't. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I want to say there may have been like an attempt at blood bringing blood strike. Is my mind going crazy? Chief did like his issues. Um, when did this come out? Uh, hang on. This might be. Is this what I'm looking for? Let's I know see. Rob Liefeld threatened to bring something back during that time and then never actually followed through. So Rob Liefeld did bring Bloodstrike back for two issues in 2015. Okay, that's what it was. That might that might be what I'm thinking of. No, here's this Bloodstrike. Where, where, wait a minute. Hold on. Uh, you got Bloodface. You got Grimjack. Um, so you're going through a list of just blood-related names. And oh, yeah. Names. Here it was. Yeah, this, cause this is the one I like. The Tim Seeley Bloodstrike Rush. Uh, oh, shit. Okay. From 2012. That was, okay, that was the one I was trying to think of. Okay. I knew there was one around that because I remember reading it. It being de- and it being decent because it came out right around where like that the the two issues of like that Alan Moore Supreme that hadn't been put out came out. Mean you're excited until we realized there was only like one issue of actually Alan Moore script and the others were literally just like continuing his idea. And, then, and it was Eric Larson. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Grand Moore's and Wildcats lasted one issue. Yeah, I heard about that on our episode of. Uh, Maximum Tallow. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, yep. That was really disappointing. And then he did like two issues of Authority, and then that went away for a while. But that actually came back. Yeah, that, well, that, was a weird, that was a weird one, too, where it's like he, yeah, it was, he wrote, I think he, yeah, he wrote the first issue and then had co-writer's second issue, but then did like the, you know, story by for three and four and written by whoever else. But they were also like really short. Yeah, the, those are that actually that became a complete twelve issue miniseries, um, and you can uh, you can read it on Marvel or uh, DC Universe Unlimited right now if you wanted to. Yeah, no, it, it's actually available. Dude, that's, there's a lot of that. That that's that weird era bringing it back. Who maybe maybe they should have waited. It's still fucking insane to me right now. I don't know. If, I, this is where I'm getting a little worried. So now I don't know if uh, you saw the more recent Spawn news. About even more Probably fucking. Not. It looks like even more series coming. Oh, uh, yeah, because I mean, on one hand, I fucking get it because for I still don't know how, but King Spawn, the normal Spawn, are selling fucking hotcakes, and then a uh, uh, Gunslinger Spawn issue one has crazy high pre-order numbers too. That's this month, is it? Yeah. Yeah, that's this month. I might have to check that out. Uh, yeah, it could be interesting. I. I don't know how long I'm knowing McFarlane and on one hand he's setting up each book with some really strong teams so I'm hoping that they really can last for a while but the art's bad after a while ah see I fucking I I dig the Gunslinger Spawn art 
Red Goof on the second issue. I think I can't remember who the he's got. I, I don't remember if it's Gunslinger, Spawn, or Scorched. One of them is one of the series where he's got like a rotating team. Nice. Uh, and you have who do you have? Capullo. I know Capullo's gonna shit ton of those covers. And uh, fucking Donny Cates did a cover for one of the recent ones. That's crazy. Yeah, Donny Cates and McFarlane, and uh, Cates was gushing about it online because that was like his like childhood dream essentially which I don't it's one of those things I'm like I feel like if you're doing a cover why not let Kate's like fucking write a uh, uh, few issues I thought he was on like the, uh, the I the I don't team. well see I, that's my thing I, he hasn't to my knowledge unless I'm wrong I, I don't think I, he's been announced attached to a certain book let me double check real quick uh and then you got oh also we got all the fucking new Scott Snyder books come out this month oh this month Jesus yeah all the Comixology books the, which is crazy because Comixology is not going to exist anymore wait what it's getting it's getting folded it's like Amazon is taking over and getting it folded in and it's going to be all kinds of crazy and Comixology Submit is basically going away my yeah. digital comics are not going to be available much longer um, yeah it's a Amazon pulled the trigger on a really big uh, comicsology overhaul. Uh, comicsology, as we know, it is going away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. another news: uh, another company dropped out of Diamond, like IDW or something. Yeah, um, was it Dark Horse? I was talking about that. It feels like IDW. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was IDW. Yeah, uh, yeah. The um, Diamond is fucking bleeding uh, names at this point. There's, there's yeah, no way Diamond yeah, makes it to. Yep, they went to Penguin as well. Uh, yeah, there's there's no way Diamond makes it to 2023 at this point, as far as I can tell. Yeah, that's fucking. Who do they? What do they have? Right, just Image. But is there only a heavy hitter now? Uh, yeah, and of course you know, like some of the yeah. smaller companies like Boom, but that's not gonna. Yeah. That's not gonna sustain a company. I mean, in, yeah, not one like that. That's uh, it is kind of interesting how quick this all happened. Which, damn, hey. Although I will say no, uh, not to throw shade. Hopefully, I do better. I, I've heard, I have heard Penguins also doing some fucking as far as shipping wise to comics, not entirely living up to what they had promised already. Oh no, not at all. I, I um, the delays that uh, Star Comics yeah. has had. Um, just just speaking from a very personal, you know, LCS issue. Uh, it's been uh, pretty horrific. Like same here. Um. Constant delays. Uh, I will say, uh, Kang the Conqueror uh, issue two. They they got their replacements like two weeks late, and then also every single issue came in trash. There's only two people on there. One of me, one which is me, uh, who had that book um, on pre-order. And the guy that was running the counter, he was like, "I dug. I, I tried to see if there was like you know two comics that I could just you know make sure that you guys had, and nothing." There was there was not one thing that could that was sellable. So yeah, uh, Penguin definitely made some promises that uh, this was not going to be an issue like it has been in the past, and uh, so far, Penguin has not kept those promises. Yeah. Which it's funny now because we have so many different distributors, you can tell which ones are a hundred percent the distributor fault. Because mm-hmm. uh, like going to shops, just from my per- again my personal experience. Uh, I, learned, I was talking to the guy yesterday at the shop I go to, and uh, Daniel, this answers our question, though, where he's at the same shop. He's, he gets his DC Comics uh, basically 
next week's comics normally come on Thursday or Friday for him. And it's like every Thursday or Friday. Oh, yeah. So, uh, definitely a lot of shops will definitely get their DC books like a week or two early, which is... Because yeah. uh, I feel I've gotten copies of stuff early, which yeah. has been kind of nice for always reading some DC books, so... Uh, but, uh, yeah, and they, it's crazy because, like, Lunar, for as much shit as it talks, DC must have done some decent homework because they are, at least from what I see, normally in, in the areas I've been getting, for one, I haven't been anywhere they've been delayed. Mm-hmm. And also, it's, and I don't know, this, this might have to deal with more, also, we talk about Marvel's paper quality, too, might be a fucking factor in all this. Fair. Uh, because, yeah, I, I, it is funny because as I'm, I went solely digital, now I'm dipping my feet back into some physical, and I'm back to like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to buy Marvel, because like fucking the Moon Knight shit right now, every cover has these amazing Steve McNiven covers and all this cool shit, and it's like fucking ruined because, I, like you said, you touch it a little too hard and there's a fingerprint on it. Yeah. Which is like 100% defeats a a big purpose of physical. So yeah, no, I'm a. Uh, I don't know the whole sh- that that is still interesting to me how that is still playing out and on such a grand stage and how Diamond is uh, slowly, slowly dying, but also very fast dying. Yeah, like very, very obviously refusing to uh, take the hint. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't. Basically. Yeah, it's dude. There's a lot, a lot of that that I'm. I don't know. We'll let's see what happens in a few months, and because uh, at this rate, if they again, if they lose, I mean, if they were to lose Image, if Image were to go the route of some other direction, I do. What the fuck would they do? Like that, that is it. That's that. That's the death knell immediately. And I, and I genuinely don't think Image can support Diamond on its own. You know, mm-hmm. not right now. I mean, well, because I, I guess so. I didn't think about right now. One of their, it's funny enough, one of their saving graces is Spawn, just because it's selling really, really well. But, like, that's, as much as I love Spawn, it's not going to fucking last. Right. And, like, I mean, it might, it might bottom out at a, at a very good, healthy place, but you're not going to continually get the, like, 400, 500, 600,000, because there is, as much as I love Spawn, there's such a huge part of that speculator market that are slowly finding out yet again that, uh, hey, McFarlane loves Spawn, but second to Spawn fucking loves money. And yep. if you will buy, if you will, because all these fucking idiots buying the, like, $800 variant pack, you get every variant cover, plus just sign one in, you know, one in 5,000 cover or whatever shit. It's like, I, that's the level of, like, what are you doing? Why, like... I that that's the one part of Spawn community. As much as I love Spawn, I will never understand the like. I gotta have I gotta have the black and white cover, the black and white chrome cover, the black and white whatever. Like for a while, I was really interested because there was a stretch from like two eighty to three hundred where the black and white cover also had a black and white book. Oh, okay. So there was incentive to buy both covers, and I thought it was kind of fucking genius. Because it's like, like I that's that's why I bought, have so many Spawn variant covers. Because for like forty issues, the black and white issue or black and white cover was just the fucking you know uh, book without colors. Huh. And I was like, oh, if you're gonna do a variant, that's a fucking cool way to do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like that. Uh, but who again? Who the fuck am I to say? Because they were selling tw- they were selling ten thousand units when that was happening. So you know what? 
I guess that's the way to do it because you fucking have 20 variants and all of a sudden you're the number one seller for like four months in a row. So who the fuck knows? Who knows? But anyway, that's how we feel about Inferno. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, Inferno. It spawns in it, guys. It's crazy. That, that's dude, what it's how great. Oh, my God. It would be It would be so much better. Talk about the ultimate twist. If it was not fucking uh, Destiny that was there, but Spawn. No, it's, it's Spawn underneath the mask, all right? And then he's going to fuck Wolverine on live comic television. Oh, so. That would be great. All this either. You're speaking money-making talk right now. That's all I ever do. I speak money-making talk, and I say nothing. It's one, it's one two settings. Yeah, so. that's, a, that, that's how you make a billion dollars right there. Oh, I know. I'm working, well, working on it. That's, that's how you do it. But anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening to this group chat, blah, blah, comics, dangerous humans, whatever this is. Dangerous blah. We appreciate Danger, it. Dangerous uh, blah, blah. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, fucking uh, go buy my merch at Pro Wrestling Tees forward slash Jason Way. Yeah, go buy their shit, too. Uh, da- uh, Derek, yes. where can they buy your shit? Go buy my shit. Uh, you'll have to find me to buy my shit. I'm really bad about advertising my shit. While while there's still a Comixology, you can buy my comic on Comixology. Um, we're about to release the third sponsor book. We're actually going to start doing promo. Um, by the time you're listening to this, there will be promo stuff up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, the Doodles on Demand Instagram, which is the artist's Instagram, will have all of that stuff. So you can check that out there. Um and soon, very soon, probably starting next year, we will start uh, kickstarting all of our comics work. We're going to do a okay. Kickstarter for Space is Awful, the color graphic novel. We're also going to kickstart our first uh, full-color comic, single-issue one-shot, that we've been working on this year. And we're kind of pivoting to Kickstarter as opposed to trying to sell our stuff uh, in person is one of the good lessons we learned at the uh, Dallas Fan Expo recently. So you can look out for our stuff uh, that way as well, if you so desire. Fuck yeah. Daniel, what about you? Where can they find the cool uh, shit you do? They can find my promoting stuff on, in your backyard on Instagram, where it's me promoting local music shows once a week, along with a friend of mine who helps out. And then uh, Twitter is where you can see me ramble on about random things that pop to my head, which, as of right now, I can't really tell you what that would be because I haven't done much before. Um, but I'll be at Dante Christ, so. Yeah. I do enjoy your Twitter, I will Thanks, say. man. I don't feel like it's that great some days. It's just me talking about Strawberry Fanta, apparently, was the last thing I talked about. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Mine's, mine's just fucking wrestling and music, basically, is all mine is at this point. There's some games in there for comics, too. Don't worry. Yeah, of course. There is, there is uh, all kinds. But, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Unless we just, could we can ramble for fucking ever. But, uh. Oh, sure. Yeah, we may, we may come back. Remember, Inferno issue two, that's fucking coming. Um, here soon, you should be getting a long delayed, much promised, yes. uh, respawn short where Colby and I talk about violator issues one through three that will uh, be coming yes. up in the very near future. Very near future. I'm actually fucking off a lot this week, so that'll hundred percent happen. <laughs> oh, great. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Did they cut this week? They're cutting some hours. So I have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday off. Plus I work like. Easy to work work around hours the other two days. Well, you know what that means. Fucking right. Podcast. 
Yeah. That's fucking right. Uh, but yeah, until next time, thank you guys so much. It's also October, so we're going to be doing some Halloween shit. That'll happen. Oh, for fuck sure. I forgot that nice. happened. Uh, but yeah, go buy our shit, go like our shit, and make shit. Bye, guys. We love you.